Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences and inspiration. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and find out how other people have not only survived but thrived through this time. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Hello and welcome. Today I'm here with Sherry Drumbolt. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Sherry is a mother of five adult children. Good Lord, like all hell, Sherry. You're also a spending planner and you actually help people sort out their finances and plan for the future. Is that right? That is correct. It's really interesting. Where I want to start off with this is I've spoken to a couple of people, but I was talking to another lady on the podcast and she was saying that the biggest growing area of homelessness and financial issues is actually in women aged 50 and over because they're getting divorced, they haven't got the super because they've had lower paying jobs or they've been at home looking at the kids or whatever and they're the fastest growing rate of homelessness which is pretty astonishing. It's just horrifying, not astonishing. It's really horrifying. So it's great that you're talking to to me today because I just wonder how many of us spend our lives trying to put our heads in the sand as to what our financial situation is and just pretending everything's okay. (laughs) And that's interesting you say that because that's one of my regular words I use, phrases I use all the time is putting our head in the sand. Thinking that if we do, thinking of an ostrich and they put their head in the sand as if everything is going to fix itself, all your debt's going to be paid and everything when you decide to come up and have some sunshine. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way. You know, uh, like the baby hiding under the blankie, isn't it? You know, you can't see me, so I don't exist. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so tell me exactly what it is you do. Okay, so first of all, I'm a financial educator, financial literacy, because we were not taught about money in school. Our parents weren't, no, and our parents weren't taught. And so if we were lucky, maybe 50% of us had parents who kind of had parents who taught them some basic good skills that you save before you spend. But many of us, our parents got caught up in the consumerism as well in the credit cards and the debt, which only really came out later in the mid-1950s, okay? Before then, if you didn't have money, you just didn't get it. And so that's the first thing I do is teach financial literacy. And and I teach money truths. There are truths when it comes to money. As we see on social media, everyone says that they have the truth about whatever topic they want to talk about. But with money, there are some truths, and one plus one will always be two. Whether you debate it or not, one plus one is two. And so there are some basic truths that if you follow, then you will have what I promote, financial peace. Because isn't that what we want? We want peace at this time of our life or any time of our life. Uh, I don't like the word financial freedom. In the sense that when I think about financial freedom, that means you don't have to work and you can sit back and just do nothing. 
women, especially at our age, we need to be contributing to society, whether it's through employment or having your own business or through the community. Freedom is not, oh, I don't have to work and do anything. We all need to work in some form, whether we get paid or not. And so knowing your truth, knowing the truth about money and, and then being honest about it. We have to be honest about our money situation. And that's getting your head out of the sand. That's getting out of bed in the morning, taking those covers off your head and realizing, okay, this isn't changing anything. (laughs) It's just procrastinating things, which is only going to, with money, if you procrastinate any money thing, it's only going to make it worse and make it more expensive because you're paying higher interests or higher amounts. And so, yeah, so that's what I do is I teach financial literacy with the two basic principles of seeing your money truth, which I show you through a system that I have, and then being honest to yourself, to your partner, to your children. Many of us were raised with parents who did not speak about money. And then we grew up and figured, oh, in fact, I had one of my daughters say, she's now married with a family. She goes, mom, you know, I just got married and I just thought, hey, if you, like I saw you, if you wanted something, you bought it. But she didn't see the planning to buy that and the saving part. She only saw mom and dad spending money. So then when she got married, she thought, if I want something, I go and buy it. And could put it on credit, not knowing that that's not what we did. And so as parents, it's so important to teach our children and be honest with them and get them involved in the family finances. Of course, tell them, hey, don't go out and put on Facebook what mom and dad make or whatever. But we need to teach our children because they're not being taught in school. What they are being taught is from consumerism, which is you deserve it. If you want it now, just get it now. We'll give it to you interest free or on a credit card or whatever. You deserve it. It's that get now, pay later. And that is so normal to our this rising generation, yet it is crippling them and will continue to cripple them if they don't learn the truth. So yeah, we need to be honest with all those around us, including our colleagues, our friends. If you can't, if you've spent your money for the week and they invite you to go out, don't say, I can't because I don't have money. Say, I don't want to go because I've spent my money for the week because I want to keep to my plan, because I have this trip I want to go on in the future that I want to be able to be able to afford. So getting rid of those impulse now spending so that you can get what you really want. And that's things that are coming up. There's two things in what you're talking about that are really difficult. And I'm probably not saying anything new here that you have. Well, I'm definitely not saying anything you haven't heard before. The first (laughs) is looking at our finances. And actually being really honest can be so confronting that we will avoid doing it at all costs because it's painful. We avoid the pain of doing something like that. And the second thing is, is I'm not going to do what you said there. (laughs) Shari and I were laughing before we started. Like sometimes our brains just go AWOL and we get halfway through a sentence and go, what was I saying? That just happened to me. There was a second thing in there, and I'll come back to it later. Just talk me through that one first. So how do you actually support people and get them to face those 
oh, that, you know, because it can be awful, so scary looking at your actual situation. Yes. Well, first of all, I have a worksheet and there's six ways we spend our money. One is our weekly expenses, which is food, fuel, fun, and incidentals. Incidentals are your teeny emergencies. Then we have our regular predictable expenses, which include bills, you know, and birthdays, all the things that happen within 12 months. Then we have the things we just want to buy, things we need and things we want. At this point is when people put their head in the sand and forget that they need to repair some of the things they bought or that some unexpected things will happen. Like I hit a kangaroo and it damaged my air conditioner. And guess what? The kangaroo did not have insurance. Can you believe it? (laughs) So there's unexpected things and things we need to repair. The fifth one is replacing. Eventually the things you buy need replacing. Our white goods eventually will need replacing and many other things. And then the last one is just those once in a lifetime things, you know, paying for your education, uh, getting married, getting your first home and planning for retirement. Those are those. And so there's a worksheet I have that I have. It has all the different types of ways you can spend your money in all those six areas. And so you're just brain dumping how you spend your money into that worksheet. So there's no, it's not going to tell you anything. You're just getting the information. And that's what I did 19 years ago. I got all my information from my head and from my this and that and put it all on this worksheet. Then from that worksheet, we then put it into the spending plan software, which is only $10 a month. And when I went to a couple and I got there and within minutes, she you could tell she was having an anxiety attack because they had filled out their thing and we're getting ready to put it into the plan. Now, like most, which is not uncommon, husbands and wives or partners can maybe look at money differently. So she had a lot of anxiety, probably of maybe her spending, but also of his spending. And she was almost in tears until we put it in the plan. And it was like so much better than what she thought. And that's because budgets don't, they guess. They're guessing. They're only two-dimensional income and expenses. They're guessing and saying it's possible to pay your bills. They don't show you how. And that's what a spending plan does. The way it can show you how is it adds in that missing dimension of timing, the timing of your incomes, the timing of your expenses going out. Then you can know for surety, 100%, that you'll be able to cover your expenses because it's going to show you your future bank balances for all your accounts for the next year. So you can see. So when she saw that, oh my gosh. By the end of the hour, she was so light and it was like, okay, so are you going to go out to dinner for your birthday? She goes, you mean I can afford that? Of course you can afford that. And are you going to go out for your anniversary? Can I afford that? Yes. So for her, she had so much anxiety, which is what budgets give you, because if they're only giving you the half truth, then we, especially as women, will sit there and worry about it where she found out that once she put it in a a system that actually told her her truth, she didn't have to worry. And we were able to put in all these fun things that in the past she would have felt guilty spending. In regards to, yes, some people do feel some pain. It's like childbirth, okay? We're talking about mothers. I'm a mother of five. We all know what it feels like to be nine months pregnant and you're huge and you're uncomfortable and you're thinking, Let's just get this baby out. I know I'm going to have to go through a little bit of pain. For me, 
my longest was five hours. My shortest was an hour and a half, you know, that I was quite one of those lucky ones. But I knew I had to go through that intense pain before I got the result on the other end. And so that's what I say to people is, yes, you may or you may not. Most time it's you don't. You're going to be more surprised that you can actually afford your life. But if not, that's okay. It's going to be a short period of time because we're going to give you, it's going to show you the plan, how you can quickly get what you want. How often has it happened where, you know, you you put all your expenses in there and it's way beyond your income? Well, that's when people don't follow instructions and put all the stuff in right at first. When I say, no, we're just going to put in your essentials first, which is your basics of what we all have to pay. Let's make sure you can afford that. And in the six years, I've probably only had about two or three that couldn't even afford their basics. Okay, so that meant that they were really, well, they weren't necessarily overspending. They just weren't bringing in Mm. enough, you know, and I'm talking a basic amount. Once we put that in, then we we categorize. Then we have the ones that are more that the ones that are average everyday costs. But if you had to get rid of them, you could get rid of them. And then we have your luxury ones or the third ones that we put in. Those are all your birthdays and all your gifts. And so we do it in a stage because if they put everything in, and of course they're guessing what they think they spend, and they always guess on the high end. That's too depressing. So we want them and teach them that there are certain things you have to pay for first before you get to the the fun things. Because especially as a parent, if you have children, you need to provide for their their physical, emotional, and all that. Yeah. So that generally doesn't happen um, because I do take them step by step in a certain process of entering things in. It's interesting you saying that. So the first side of it is like, you do a brain dump first of all. And I know for myself when I've done that or when I do that on a personal level, when I've got too much stuff in my head, once I get it down on paper, everything becomes that much clearer. It's just like, oh, my God, thank goodness for that. So it's really interesting that you're saying that because it never occurred to me that you can do that with finances either. Thing is traditionally, um, and I know myself because I've done this a lot. There's a couple of I, I used to use Quicken to, mm-hmm. to do all my bookkeeping and everything, and you can do a budget on that, but it takes your previous one, two, three years spending and it puts it forward into the next year, and it is just so overwhelming about what's going to go out when and it just says you know in June you spend this much in July you spend this much on average blah 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 and it's like I felt on the back foot straight away but also more recently when I was looking for a new app because I tend to use Excel spreadsheets because I've been using them since the year dot right but my husband's like can't look at your spreadsheet use something else anyway I went looking for apps that I could plug in the payments that were due to come out, the regular payments. So the quarterly payments for the bills or the, mm-hmm. you know, the annual payment, twice yearly payments for the rates or whatever. It is so difficult finding an app that does those things and can tell you what your cash flow is going to be. I think there's only one or two on the market. It's Well, no, you found it. It's the spending plan. Yes. It, that's exactly what it is, is we don't, it's not a month to month budget. 
Uh, it you put in when the bills are due in the future, the day they're due, and how often that bill happens. And then with those three bits of information, the amount, so say electricity, 500, how often? Every three months. When's the next date it's due? It's due on the 1st of June. You put those three bits of information in for each of your expenses and it calculates and it will show you your next 12 months how it will all work. It will show you your bank balances on any day. And so you'll be able to see that all those things can be automated because you can see there is going to be money in that account um, on that day that you can do that. And so it is a cash flow system. A spending plan is a cash flow system for your personal finances. And then for people who have small businesses or businesses, we then create one for their business. Of course, it's separate because we keep business and personal separate. And most people, when I ask them, uh, in the personal account, there's your life costs, which are your basics. And I go a lot further than just your very basics. We have to have things for the unexpected because as we know, especially in 2020, there's a lot of unexpected. And that's that number four part, those unexpected costs. Then there's your style costs. But we have to get your life costs in there first. Then it will say how much is left over for our style costs. Same with your business. I see so many small business owners spending so much style in their business that they struggle to pay their life costs of their business, the things that they need in order to pay their thing, run their business. And then they have no clue how much they're even supposed to make each week or month to even pay for those which includes paying themselves a salary. So with this spending plan, it answers all those questions. It brings 100% clarity. Um, if you have a fluctuating bank income, which a lot of small businesses do, it's perfect for that. It will just recalculate it if you put in a different amount. There's no calculator. I haven't used calculator in 20 years because the, and, and actually math was my worst subject in, in school, but I don't need to know that because the system does it all for me. And so, yeah, so the answer is it is a cash flow system. And that's why I'm so passionate to show people because budgets are broken and they just are guessing and saying it's possible to pay your bills. We're a spending plan because we introduce timing or cash flow. It tells you and shows you your truth. So, it, and, okay, let me go off on another tangent in this because I'm going to come up with all the what ifs. So you created a spending plan and then you just go out and blow all your budget. What do you do for somebody? Because there are people, and where I'm going with this is, you know, you're going back to what you were saying about there's that I want it now, I deserve it now kind of thing. How, what, what, um, I suppose, support, what What do you do to get over that kind of thing? Because that's a difficult habit to break. If you're used to having something right now, um, to not be able to do that is, yeah. is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, you need to have a very big why. Right. If you don't have a big why, you want to be better with money, then you're going to waste it today, tomorrow, the next day. If you don't have something in the future, then yeah, you're not going to have a future, basically. So that's the first thing I talk to them is what is your why? Now, prior to 2020, and now it's starting again, 
it was always to travel overseas. Let's go to America or let's go to Europe. Okay, easy, because the map, once we put your money in the spending plan, you'll see how much you were wasting. And most people, it's around 30,000 a year. They think, oh my gosh, where did that go to? I said, well, if you didn't give it a job, you just wasted it on coffees every day and lunches and just going window shopping. But if you had a reason how you wanted to spend that money, and it would show you easily how to do it, then you would do it. So that's the first thing. You have to know why you want to do it. Some people I work with, it's just they don't want the financial stress anymore, that anxiety and stress. That enough to them is their why. But we quickly get over that within the first few weeks. They see, oh, I don't have to stress anymore. And then it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go see? Do you want to go to the mountain? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Um, And so that's the first thing is they have to have um, the why. The second thing is, as I mentioned, those six expense types leading on from that, all those six ways we spend our money is I teach an effective bank structure that accommodates for all those six types of expenses. And it's not necessarily, I'm not talking a bank account for each of them, but I have an effective bank structure. I had um, someone go and take my little visual to her bank. Commonwealth and said, hey, this is how I want to set up my bank accounts. Because when we get a bank account, when we first start, you get a bank account and a savings. And I still see people who have just those two. So in their bank account, they have money for bills, food, fun, some savings, unexpected. Guess what? They don't know when to stop spending Mm -hmm. because it's all in one account. So we need to have each account has to have a specific purpose. And so by the bank structure that I teach, it protects your money from you because no one is going to, the chances of someone coming in and stealing your money out of your wallet or your bank is very little. But the chances of you stealing your money out of your bank accounts or robbing Peter to pay Paul is really high. So we set up the bank structure so that it stops you from doing that. It prevents you from doing that. We, we set up, yeah, we set up some guidelines and some, some barriers there. And you have basically the one account you spend from, it's called the FFFI. It's food, fuel, fun, and incidentals. Every week you have money coming in because it's coming from your main bank account, which is the bills. You'll pay yourself every week a certain amount of money. And then when that money's gone, you stop spending. Okay, so you get your basic food and your fuel in the car first before you go out and start having fun. And so you're giving yourself a boundary because if you don't give your boundary in that area, you will never get what you really want because we can always spend more money on fun and more money on food or going out. But if you do, that is your reward. That's all you're going to have. You're not going to have those other things that you really want. um, Like, For me, I'm really into creating memories. You know, a memory will you'll take with you. Your money, you won't. Your stuff, you won't. So, yeah, so we have protections. And that's one of the first things after the why. What is your why? Okay, let's go in and start protecting your money from you. And then we start creating their plan. And by then, they're already converted and think, whoa, they they have that, you know, they're looking at their dream of why they're doing this and they're seeing that it's going to come true and it will actually tell them the date that they can book that flight or the date they can do that. And 
the date they can get out of debt. It will have the date they get out of debt. If we put a few dollars more, which I always encourage, do more than the minimum, guess what? You'll get that paid off months early or years earlier. So um, it's all about helping them see where they are currently. Let's smash your debt. And then let's start putting money into savings for the unexpected and the planned so that when you spend, you can spend happily. So I have a Facebook group called Happy Spenders Beyond Budgeting. And that's what I create in there. We're the people, my tribe, they're called Happy Spenders because a happy spender will plan their spending, save for it, which the software does those two beautifully and easily for you so that when it's time to spend, you can happily spend. No regrets, no uh, uh, buyer's remorse because you know that you have that money there. And that becomes the high and replaces 10 times over the high you got from just going out and shopping on things that in the moment, it it totally outweighs that. And you then get 100% control over your finances. And that is very empowering. It is. And it's in, I think what you're saying, there's two things, two sides to what you're saying. One is that you walk people through every step of the way, which I think is really important because how many of us have sat down and done a bunch? It's like New Year's resolutions, right? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. then they go out the window because unless mm-hmm. we put structures in place to make us keep going to the gym or unless we have a goal like I'm going to run a half marathon this year or whatever it's not going to happen it's much more likely to happen if we have a personal trainer or we join a club or something like that because when we come against ourselves, when we hit the hurdles, day three of starting any exercise regime is blooming painful. And it stays painful for a good while after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> she says talking from experience. Yes. Yes, from my Pilates machine behind me. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's so true. And that's what I offer is I offer, I literally hold your hand through the, the computer screen and walk you through the steps. I'm not one. I do have an online course, which is the basis, but I'm walking you through it. And I also have um, my most popular is my eight week group course that we go through it together, which is a really great thing because we uh, some people have shame and embarrassment about. I was money. just going to. That was the other thing but I was going to ask you. Yeah, you get people together, and they see. Oh wow, they have problems too. And plus, because a spending plan does not talk about the past. We are looking, planning our future. Everyone's past is the past. Yes, people might have debt and that's fine. We'll get rid of that. But basically, we all come together on a new day, a new beginning saying we're going to be better in the future and we're going to plan our spending in the future. And everyone celebrates each other's wins. People ask questions that, oh, you know, we're too embarrassed to ask that stupid question. What I, they say and I say there is no stupid questions. I had someone in a course a couple months ago who had just bought her first home, single, 30, and she bought it. And she didn't know until afterwards that she had to pay interest on that mortgage. Now, you may think, oh, no, she wasn't taught. And, And the people at the bank figured she knew that and so didn't say it. When I teach, I teach very, very basic things. And they might think, that's just really stupid. Of course, I know that. Well, no, not everybody does know that. 
And so I literally help your hand and do that. And so the group course is just so much value packed because you're there with other people and um, you get that, those cheerleaders, you get me, I'm your biggest cheerleader, but you get other cheerleaders there saying, yes, you kept your FFFI this week. You didn't spend more than what you thought. Or if you do, it's like, it's okay. You can, um, next week will be better. Yeah. So that's really important. And that accountability, I also offer accountability because just because we're adults doesn't mean we're going to follow the rules or follow our plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it just, we can usually just not follow better. That's right. I mean, we just think who, who are you? To, you know, I'm an adult. I can do what I want now. And that's why, in fact, the ones that I like that are becoming a very prominent group at the moment that come to me are the late 20s, early 30s, and they're single because they've done that. Oh, they, you know, as soon as they get their job at 18, I know everything and I can buy anything I want. And then 10, 12 years later, they're thinking, okay, okay. And especially for a woman, okay, it doesn't look like there are any prospects. I don't want to rent the rest of my life. Maybe I should start saving and getting my own place. And so they tend to decide it's time to be an adult (laughs) at that age. And so that accountability is what I offer every week is okay, this is what you wanted to spend in your plan, which you plan initially. I did mine 19 years ago. You don't have to redo it. Did you keep to it? Okay, let's celebrate if you didn't. If you didn't, okay. Did you even think to try and do it? Okay, then that's a win in itself. If you thought on the way home from work, oh, I'm too tired to work to go home and cook. I think I'll go into McDonald's. And then you thought, oh no, Sherry Sherry would say, and I'm your little voice for a while. And then you thought, oh, blow it, Sherry, I'm going into McDonald's. To me, that's still a win. The fact that you even thought to make a different choice than what you currently are is a win. And those are what we celebrate um, at each of the things. And I celebrate with you because it's step by step. And that's when I'm there. I'm there with you step by step, teaching you, holding your hand and celebrating with you. What you were saying right at the start about most of us, aren't taught about about money and aren't taught about so my youngest daughter she went over to in my family both our backgrounds working class UK mm-hmm. um, we do not talk about money it's not spoken about ever we were my dad did show me how to use a checkbook and balance accounts and things like that and then I did a degree in quantity surveying so I'm all over balancing books and creating cash flow <laughs> forecasts and the rest of it <laughs> don't like doing it but you know I can do it so we've kind of I mean we've been entrepreneurs for a very long time my husband and I but we've not necessarily taught the practical skills to kids we kind of had have but we've not spoken about creating money and making money and keeping money and all those kind of things and my youngest daughter went over to Colombia for three months she did an exchange and the family she stayed with over there were very, very wealthy and they were all over money at every opportunity. They sat and they discussed it with their kids, how they could make money, how they could save money, what they could invest their money in, what business they could go out and to create, what they could do with that income they got in. She said it was really fascinating listening to them because it opened this whole other world and made me feel completely inadequate, right? Because that's not done in my family. <laughs> but 
but it was really it was a a real eye-opener for her it really changed things for her so she's got a different perspective on how to look at money in the future now and even now yeah yeah that's so true and just in regards to entrepreneurs anyone who's a business owner has to be doubly good with money because you have your personal life and now you have your business life that you have to manage so if you're not managing your personal very well chances are you're not managing your business and chances are sadly a lot of people combine the two and they don't even know any of their thing and so that's the first thing is to do that and and that's so true I have a course it's kids and money because it's not being taught and it's 17 money truths to teach your kids before they're 18 so it's 17 before 18 and actually surprise the the cost is 17 dollars 18 17 before 18 and it goes through 17 things that you need to teach your kids about money and the thing is is when these parents do it they realize oh my gosh I'm learning so much because you can't teach your kids something you don't know and so it's it it's very basic um on that and you're so right you have to have that open discussion about money Um, If you can see back here, there's a thing with some gold coins, chocolate coins. Now, I did a a workshop, face-to-face workshop with some singles who were ages 18 to 30. And I was talking to them about money. And there were some leftover chocolate coins because I used those if they got a right answer. So my granddaughters, I have six grandchildren from the ages of one to, to eight. So when they come over and I saw that and I thought, okay, I'm not just going to give them one. I'm going to use it as an opportunity to teach them a money truth. And so that's what I do. My The first time it was like my little three-year-old granddaughter. I said, where does your mommy and daddy get money? From the bank. But no, it's not from the bank. From the government. Uh, no. <laughs> Even though her father works for the government, I didn't want to confuse her. I said, no, he get your daddy works and he gets money. So she got a chocolate. That was her little truth I taught her that day. The next day she comes and she runs in to my office. She's holding my mail from my mailbox. And she goes, Grandma, work, money. And I thought, whoa. And so now every time she comes, yesterday when she came, it was, okay, how are you going to make money when you're older? She thought, police car. We figured she wants to be a policewoman. <laughs> and so it's it's using as as mothers, using teaching moments that are formal or informal. I do both where we can teach our kids about money. I taught my 17-year-old, all my kids, once they start get it, buy their first car, which my kids do when they are 17, they have saved for their car. And they go, and I know the first place they're going to go is McDonald's drive-thru. You know, that's just one of the places. And so I say, okay, let me teach you about upselling. You're going to go through there and you're just going to want a hamburger. And they're going to say, do you want fries with that? That is called upselling. And you have a choice to say no. So I want you to know that's a trick for them to spend, you to have to spend more money. Well, she calls me, mom, mom, guess what? They tried to upsell me and I told them no. I also teach them when you go shopping and a cute guy is working at the shop. And he says, oh, you look so good in this. Oh, you'll look good in this too. And you'll look good in this too. When they only went in for one thing, I say, that's all. You have to be aware of all those games 
of to get you to spend money you don't have. They don't care if you can afford it or not. They just want to sell you something. So it's all those truths that you need to teach. And again, I those are kind of included in the course. And so, yeah, so that's so important to teach our kids because don't we want our kids to have a better life than we do? Every generation should want to be improved. But if we don't teach them, we are setting them up for total financial failure, but not saying all like, you're, you know, some people will learn those and they will go out and do it. Others will just do what their parents did. And so we need to, one of the best gifts you can give your give anyone in life is the wisdom of money. And as, as parents, we teach our children whether they're going to be a good money manager or a bad money manager. They're going to be taught, one of them. Consumerism will teach them to be a bad money manager. But we have a choice as a parent, and it's our choice. What are we going to teach our kids? Yeah, I teach my kids, my kids, my older kids, when they'd come for me for a loan, guess what? The answer is no. You knew about this thing months ago, or it's just an impulse thing. Sorry, that's not how it works. You need to plan, save, and then you spend. Um, so we have to be careful as, as parents not to enable our kids financially. It's interesting you saying that because one of my kids, uh, I had exactly that conversation with her a few days ago about a, about a different situation. She was owed some money from her bond down in in a house that she left in January and the real estate agent, the property manager still hadn't paid her. And I'm like, have you chased them up? And she said, oh, about four weeks ago. I said, well, I'm sorry, but I can't, I'm enabling you if I give you money when you're not taking care of your own money. You've got to show me that you're taking care of your money and then I'm happy to support you. Yes. But unless I see that, I can't do Well, she got really upset, as she always does. But she sorted it out and she got the money back yesterday. So I'm like, yes. That's right. <laughs> when I was raising my five children, I was not raising children. I was raising adults. Mm-hmm. So whenever people would say, How, yeah, I have five. And so you have to have that as a parent, that we're, tra- we're training them to become an adult, not to be a child. And yet if we keep fighting their fires for them or coming and rescuing them because they didn't plan early enough, then we are continuing to keep them as children. And with money, we know kids don't totally understand money and they think it grows off trees, but as we know, it doesn't. And so, um, yeah, sometimes no is the best answer and the best way to show our kids we love them. And going back to a why, like a big why, for me, starting doing the podcast or starting the business that I've got just recently is all about being an example for my kids and breaking the cycle. So this, you know, women our age who've got children, that could be the why, the big enough why, so that I can show my children how to manage their money. And yes, there might be some short-term discomfort possibly pain maybe a lot of embarrassment and a little bit of shame thrown in but you know you do get over that when you do anything new but also it is about breaking that cycle that you know that we were brought up with generations of working class people you don't talk about money you 
you live basically from hand to mouth because you you are always just over broke, regardless of the consumerism and everything that's been generations of that. And it is breaking that cycle. Yes. Yeah. I had um, one client came, she was in her mid to late fifties. Her husband was an accountant. (laughs) She made lots of money, gave her, oh, they had like eight credit cards. And she could basically spend whatever she wanted. She didn't, he took care of the finances because he was, quote, the accountant. She, he got hit by a car one day in front of their home and was in a coma. And his phone is going off the hook. Bill due, late bill due. And she had no clue even how to get into her bank accounts. All she knew how to do was to tap. Okay. And so she contacted me and says, I need help. Now, he had a brain injury. He thought he could still manage the finances, but his doctor said, no, he cannot. So here she was, had to learn how to manage her finances because he had, quote, taken care of her. And I, to him, he probably thought, I'm your king. I'm going to take care of my queen. But was he? No. In fact, he was treating her like a servant or a peasant because he was not allowing her to grow and to become knowledgeable about finances. Each of us, whether we're in a relationship or dependent on all of us have to be self-reliant on ourselves. Okay. Because, and that's why I started my journey six years ago and went back to school and started my business is because my husband, he has diabetes. Okay. It's a silent killer at any time. I know something could happen, but even if he didn't, he could just be got hit by a car. We need to, as women, empower ourselves and become financially self-reliant so that we don't have to rely on our partner. We don't have to rely on the government, our family. The last thing we want to do is be a burden to our children when they're in the stage of raising usually their family at that time. And so we need to empower ourselves. And so, yeah, he was thinking he was doing the right thing by her. Look at me. I take care of my wife where we really wasn't. He was, it was more of a passive control thing. As women, we need to know. But same, you women, someone listening here might be totally in control of their finances and keeping their, their partner out of it. Okay, that's wrong as well. We need to both be unified in, in doing that. Um, I also have one that she's retired and she was living with anxiety. She has her superannuation and it's like, is it going to last? They talk, I went to a seminar recently and they talked about accumulating and accumulating and then it ended. And I turned to my husband and I said, okay, well, that's halfway through the story. Now, how are you going to actually keep that money or make sure it lasts in retirement? Um, Because if you were bad with money before retirement, before you get to live off your superannuation, you don't magically become good with money after. And so for her to create a spending plan gave her so much peace. Now she enjoys the retirement that she should enjoy because she knows and she can see up into 30 years in the future in the plan that everything's going to be okay. She knows exactly how much she can spend and has those fun things planned. I think it's really great that it looks forward. It's not based in the past, Mm -hmm. apart from the fact that you've got certain bills going out on certain days. It's not... Uh, let's look at the last one, two, three years, see what you've spent, and then we'll create something out of that because that is the past. And if your situation's changed, like you've got divorced or separated or um, you've lost your job or whatever, 
we can then look into the future without and 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 there's there's a creation in it it's creating from you as opposed to bring in the past into the future and you know same old same old just in a different in a different dress <laughs> yeah well that's it and i mean unfortunately the only thing we bring from the past in your spending plan is your debt okay you can't leave that in the past how you spent your money in the past it really doesn't it's not going to change things just to share an analogy with you is when you drive to the mountains up here, if we're going to those mountains and you're driving in your car, you're going to put it in the GPS and you're going to follow the GPS and you're going to look out the windscreen. Okay, that's like a spending plan. You're looking forward. You haven't got there yet, but you've planned how to get there and you're following, following it. Then you have a rear view mirror. Now, what would happen if you looked in the rear view mirror and up ahead was coming a turn. Yeah, you just, that's all you did was look in the rear view mirror. <laughs> of course, you're going to crash. The rear view mirror signifies, symbolizes a budget or the past, tracking your past spending. In a spending plan, yes, we do look past in the past, but for literally the split second that you do when you're looking in that mirror to make sure, it's just a quick look and then it's looking forward again. And so it really um, keeps you all about the future. That's where your success is, is in the future. It's not in the past. The past, we can celebrate what you did, ignore a lot of the things you did, but every day is a new beginning. And yeah, and you're not going to be perfect in following a plan or a budget. But as long as you're making those little improvements, that is what's going to get you there. It's the tortoise that won the race it's not the hare and um and you know with this generation too they're all into investing and getting rich fast and it's like okay that's not going to work it's it's doing the basics doing the basic things that's going to get you to where you want to be when you get to closer to the age of um, retirement Fantastic. I'm just looking at the time. This has gone really quickly and I could yes. carry on talking here, but we really need to wrap it up. So I'll put on the web page how people can contact you, but tell me what's the best place to get in touch with you? Yes. Okay. So I have my website, which is Essential Spending Planner. Essential because it's essential for everybody to have a spending plan and a spending planner. It's also ESP. You see into the future. That's what we do is we, you will be able to see into the, your financial future and see your perfect spending year. And then when we get it perfect in the plan, then we'll get your, your actual accounts to do the same. My Facebook group, Happy Spenders Beyond Budgeting. That's where you'll kind of be with some other happy spenders. And I do regular, every week I have a, a free webinar for people to join in and to learn more. And just everything's there and lots of value. And so those are the, the two places. I also have a business page, which is my name, Sherry Dumbrell at Essential Spending Planner. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll see me. If you search for me, you'll find me. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been absolutely wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Sherry. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thanks for the opportunity to share the good news and to pay it forward because I have financial peace and have for 19 years. And that's when I had five kids under five. And I even had it then because that's the power that um, knowing your money truth and being honest with it and having a great 
money management system will do. Yeah, just just sounds amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite player. And while you're at it, we'd love you to leave us a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode. And remember, if you're busy thinking about what you can't have, how on earth are you going to enjoy what you can have? See you next week.